0: Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. And if you would like a Bible, maybe you showed up and you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. If you go by our info area in the in the lobby, we'd love to give you a Bible today. So Luke chapter 16, and we're in week number four of a five-week series that will end next week called Blessed. And this is a series that's all about generosity. And the big idea of this series is that when we obey God's word, that not only when we read it, but when we obey it in this area and any area of our life, we are blessed because God's ways are God's ways for a reason and it's always to help you. Jesus put it this way in Luke chapter 11 verse 28. He said, "But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and then put it in to practice." And just to be clear, the message of this series is not that we give to get. The message of this series is that we get to give that it's like that generosity is our privilege. We're talking about living a blessed life, not having a blessed wallet. So it's really important that you understand the heartbeat behind this series and um, the the majority of the content of this series is from this book. It's called The Blessed Life. And it's by one of my pastors, Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church, which is one of our sending home churches that we had the pleasure of serving on staff with. And we, and we wanted really bad in this series to get this book into your hands. And so we have about 30 left. So if you haven't gotten a chance, so maybe this is your first week and we, we would love to, to put this in your hands for free. And so you can go by our info area in the the lobby and we'd love to give this to you today, but we only have 30 left. So go afterwards and get it today. And in this series, we've learned that the Bible talks a whole lot about generosity and about money. And if you dive deep into the scriptures, you will find that Jesus, that Jesus himself, he talks a lot about generosity. I just finished up the book of Luke in my personal devos, which is what I call my time with God. Just when I I wake up every day and I spend time with God and I read through his Bible and I just finished in my Bible reading plan, Luke, and the gospel of Luke. And I was blown away this time. I mean, I've read it a lot, but this time, maybe it's because I'm studying so much for this series. I just noticed how often Jesus talks about things like money and possessions and generosity. And Luke chapter 16 is one of those chapters where he's talking about this subject. And so we're gonna start today in verse nine. And this is what, this is Jesus talking. And he says this, he says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And we're gonna come back to that at the end of the message. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. And then I love this verse. I love this verse. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. I love that verse. In fact, that applies to so many areas of our life, not just generosity. But he says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Now underline that and make sure that you know, maybe write in your Bible that what he's talking about there is people. People is the true riches of heaven. It's not finance; it's people. And so then he goes on to say in verse 12, and if you are not faithful with other people's things, which by the way, we learned in week one, that, that life is all about stewardship, that God is the owner and that we are the stewards of every single thing that we have. And really that stewardship is just simply taking care of something that is not yours. Can I get a good amen from the church? And so he says that if you are not faithful with other people's things, talking about that stewardship principle, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And then here's where we're gonna be today. In verse 13, it says, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now that very last word in the New Living Translation, money, that's really not the best translation. If you really dive deep and study this passage, you'll find that older translations of the Bible, they use a very different word, a word that really isn't used today. And so in these modern translations, just for the sake of us understanding it, they often translate it money. But listen to what it says, that same exact verse in the New King James Version of the Bible. It says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. It says, you cannot serve God and mammon, mammon, so a couple weeks ago, we talked to, and you can go back and listen to this. We have an audio podcast. I preached a message called, What in the World is Tithing? And so this week, if you're taking notes, with a, which I hope you are, they're, they're gonna check them in heaven. Um, I want to I answer this question. What in the world is mammon? What in the world is mammon? We got to pray before we jump into that. Okay, let's pray. God, we love you. Will you help us understand what in the world is mammon? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, How many of you know, just by a show of hands, uh, how many of you know someone that always uses big words But the majority of the time, like you don't have a clue what they mean. Come on, you got anybody like that in your life? The person that tries to intimidate you with their intelligence and vocabulary. There's people that use these big words. Now, in my experience with this, when this happens, you really only have one of two choices. Like the first choice that you can make is you just fake like you know. Like, oh yes, that's a great word. Yes, I agree. I, I concur. You know, it's just like you just disagree. You fake and you fake like you know, or you have to kind of humble yourself and you just have to ask, what does that word mean? Like, I know you said that, but I don't understand what you mean. And I felt that the very first time that I heard this word mammon. Now, I, my story is that I grew up in church. There's never been a time in my life from the time I was born until today, that I've been far from, from the church. I've always been connected to the local church. Maybe that's your story, maybe it's not. But I can tell you, even growing up in church, I knew a lot about the Bible. Um, I, 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 was, I was taught a lot of things, but I was never taught this. In fact, I never heard this word until I heard a teaching on it when I was in my 30s. And honestly, it blew my mind. And it was something that changed my life. And so today, we're gonna be answering that question. What in the world is mammon? So let me give you three things today. Number one, mammon is not money. Mammon is not money. See, mammon and money are not the same thing. You don't go to fifth third and roll up in there and say, hey, I'd like to deposit 500 mammon, please. (laughs) You don't do that because mammon is much more than money. It actually comes from this Aramaic word, which means riches, but, the, but it originates from a Syrian false god that was named Mammon. Now this word is only used four times in the entire New Testament, all by Jesus. And three of those four times are used in the verses that we just read. So every other time that you're reading your Bible and you see the word money, in the New Testament, it is not the same Greek word as mammon. And that's because money and mammon are different. See, God is not anti-money. God is anti-mammon. Yeah, but like, doesn't the Bible say that like money is the root of all evil? I think I heard that somewhere. Doesn't the Bible say that? No, it does not. Come on, people, read your Bible and you'll see in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says that the love, the worship of money is the root of all evil. That's because mammon is not money. So if it's not money, what in the world is it? Number two, Mammon is a spirit. Mammon is a spirit. Some of you are like, all right, here we go. I knew this church was weird deep down. (laughs) Now you're talking about spirits. I knew it. (laughs) Listen, um, you need to understand, it's really important that, that you understand that we are not on one extreme end of the pendulum where everything is a spirit or a demon. Anybody met anybody that's like that? You know, just everything. Everything's a spirit. Everything's a demon. You know, just everything. Everything is. You know, I was driving earlier this week, and I was going in right at rush hour, and I hit the spirit of traffic. You know, just, it's a spirit, spirit of traffic. I downloaded Disney Plus, and I tried to turn it on, and it wouldn't work. Demon. It's a demon. It's a demon in my Apple TV. <laughs> Stomach ache. demon. You know, it's just... That's not, we're, we're not on that end of the, the extreme end, but also I think it's important for you to know that we're not on the other extreme end of the pendulum that arrogantly says that there's no such thing. Let me tell you where we are. We're not even on that pendulum. We're in a totally different pendulum that believes that this is the word of God, that it's alive, that it's active, that it's true, that it's timeless. And that in when you read this book, it says that there on one end of the pendulum, that there's a very real Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of every single believer that's empowering and helping and comforting and speaking to us. And then on the other end of the pendulum, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And mammon is a spirit that rests on money. And it has its roots all the way back to Genesis chapter 11 in a story in the Bible called the Tower of Babel. And I encourage you to maybe take some time this week to go read Genesis chapter 11. In Babel, it actually means confusion. And what this story says is that these these group of people, they try to build this tower high enough with the thought process of, that I wanna build a tower that reaches heaven. And just for the sake of time, I can't read the whole thing, but I do wanna share one verse in verse four. And this is what they say, they say, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. What you need to understand is that the Tower of Babel was this attempt to build a tower tall enough to get to heaven so that they could get to heaven by their own energy and their own efforts that they could get there by their own money and their own resources. Really, at the end of the day, the Tower of Babel was essentially this giant middle finger to God saying, we don't need your help. We can do this all on our own. Listen, we want your kingdom, but we don't want you to be our king. And so we'll build it ourselves and we'll get ourselves there with our resources and our money and we'll do it all ourselves. Here's what you gotta get, that mammon, is a spirit that says, I don't need God if I have money. Then I don't need it. God, I don't need you because I'm set. It's this spirit that says, I don't need God if I have money. And Mammon is a huge liar. And he's constantly whispering these lies to us. Like if only you had more money, all your problems would go away. That if you had more money, people, people would finally respect you. That if you had more money, you could do whatever you wanted. That if you drove the right car, if you lived in the right house, in the right zip code, in the right neighborhood, if you got the right job with the right salary, that if you wore the right clothes, then you'd finally be happy. Then you'd finally be fulfilled. And let me tell you one of the biggest lies of mammon is this, is that If you had more money, you could help more people. Oh yeah, Mammon can get real spiritual on you real quick. Have you ever thought that? If I just had more money, I could just help more people. I'll submit to you that if you don't help people with what you have right now, you'll never have more. Get this, all throughout the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the eyewitness accounts of Jesus here on planet earth. All throughout there, Jesus had so many interactions with people. He gave a lot of advice. And can I tell you what he never told somebody? You need more money. That's the answer to what's going on in your life. And you gotta understand, he talked to sick people. He talked to lame people. He talked to people with terminal illnesses. He talked to blind people, desperate people, poor people. And his answer was never, you need more money. That's what you need. You need more money. That's because money is not the answer to your problems. God is. And so mammon is not money. Mammon is a spirit. And here's what that spirit does. Number three, mammon is always trying to take God's place. It's always. That's mammon's agenda, is to always take God's place. That's why Jesus in this passage in verse 13, he uses such strong, definitive language where he says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot, you can't do it. You cannot serve God and mammon. And when I read this verse, two things stand out to me crystal clear. One is that it is possible to serve mammon. It is possible. You just can't serve mammon and God. So it is possible to serve. And then second, that it's impossible. You can't do it. There's no way. It's impossible to serve both at the same time. That you and I, we cannot serve two masters any more than we can walk in two different directions at the same time. So let me give you a picture of what this looks like. And Young, will you help me out with this? Will you do this? Okay, I know you're taking notes and you have to put your phone away. That's why he was on his phone. He was taking a lot of notes. Okay, so why don't you face everybody? Everybody, this is Young. Can you say, hi, Young, on the count of three? One, two, three. Hi, Young. Okay, so this is what I want you to do, Young. Okay, just to make the scriptures come alive for all the people in the church today, this is what I need you to do. I'm gonna just tell you to do some stuff and all you have to do is do exactly what I tell you to do. That's it. But there's one other thing I need you to do. I need you to also do everything that Jasmine tells you to do, okay? (laughs) So all I need you to do is for you to do exactly what I tell you to do and do exactly what Jasmine tells you to do. Cool? You good? Okay, are you, go- are you guys good? Okay. So Young, I want you to turn and face me completely, like face me completely. That's all I need you to do right now. Young, I actually right need you to turn around and face me. Okay, yeah, Young, that's great. I don't know if you're getting the point of this, I need you to turn and face me and not just turn and face me, I need you to start slowly walking towards me. Okay, slowly, young, I'm slowly. I'm actually gonna need you to moonwalk just a little bit back this way. Just okay, your best. just jump. Moonwalk. I need you to start that's jumping great. right now. That's just awesome. jump, okay, young, just hopping. You could just stand still just that. for a hot second. Okay, this is why don't awesome. you do, okay? Right foot, left stomp. Left foot, left stomp. Okay, now cha cha, real smooth. Okay, that's Turn good. It okay. Out. okay, come on, watch you clap your hands for young. Go ahead, take your seat. Listen, 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 here. In Luke chapter 16, I hope you see, like Jesus is saying, you can't do that. You can't serve two masters. That it's impossible that you cannot serve God and mammon. And that's because mammon is the opposite of God. See, mammon says to take and God says to give. Mammon says to be selfish. And God says, be selfless. Mamon says, get what's yours. And God says, give what's mine. Mamon says, be greedy. God says, be generous. Mamon says, trust in money. And God says, trust in me. And here's the deal. Maimon is so sneaky. He's so sneaky. Have you ever had this thought? Man, I... I either need God to come through or I need someone to give me money. You know, I I need to get that winning lotto ticket in the name of Jesus. I need a relative that I don't know, therefore I have no heart connection. (laughs) To no longer be on this planet, but have some inheritance that I can get. you ever heard that thought? Maybe not the last one, that's pretty dark, okay. (laughs) Have you ever heard the thought? I either need God to come through or I need someone to give me some money. I either need God to come through or I need mammon to come through. Write this down. Mammon promises us what only God can give us. what Mammon does. Promises us what only God can give us. Promises us things like security, significance, identity, freedom, happiness, power. And listen, Mammon can never deliver on its promises. Each and every time, Mammon over promises and under delivers. No, God is the only one who can provide everything you need. So maybe you're here and you're listening to that. You're like, okay, great. That's awesome. Great theological teaching, Pastor Brian. Well done. So I get it. So mammon is not money. Mammon is a spirit. And mammon is always trying to take God's place. So what? What does that have to do with my life? What practically could I even possibly do with this information? See, like I said earlier, mammon is a spirit that rests on money. But the truth is all money has a spirit on it. Every single dollar in your bank account has either the spirit of God that is blessed or the spirit of mammon that's not blessed. So the question is, If that is true, how do I get God's spirit on that? How do I do that? It all goes back to the principle that we talked about two weeks ago, where we talked about that when you give your first and your best 10% to God, he will bless the rest. That the blessed spirit of God and not the spirit of mammon will be on your money. Now, let me end with this. I told you that we would go back to the very first verse that we that we read together. And I want you to know that I'm convinced more than ever, I am fully convinced that Satan is scared to death of you getting this principle. I believe it with all my heart, that Satan is scared to death of you getting this. And let me explain why. Luke chapter 16, verse nine, Jesus says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. By the way, that doesn't mean to buy your friends. Like just go buy you some good friends. That's what you should do, go buy friends. That's not what it means. That phrase, making friends, literally means, get this, to win lost people to Jesus, to help people make the most important decision of their life, to give their life to Jesus. So he says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends, then, when your possessions are gone. And by the way, that will happen to each and every one of us. I don't care how much you have. I don't care how much is in the 401k. I don't care how much you accumulate in this world. We're all leaving it here. What's that phrase that like you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul? Like you never, like it's, we're leaving it here. And even where it says that, where it says where your possessions are gone, you may read in other translations It says something like this, like when you fail, which literally what that means is that the day that you're no longer on this earth, that there's gonna be a day where you stop breathing and where it says, and when your possessions are gone, when it's all said and done, listen to this word, they, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Notice that this scripture, that Jesus doesn't say that your money will welcome you, It says, they will welcome you to heaven. Here's what this verse is saying, that you can take your money and you can invest it into the kingdom of God. Then, here's the cool thing, God will use your generosity to share the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus to a whole lot of people. And the result will be a whole lot of people's lives will be forever changed. And then when your time on earth is done and you go up to heaven, there's gonna be a welcoming party there. There's gonna be this whole crew of people that gets there where you'll be greeted by people who are in heaven because of your giving and because of your generosity. I think it's gonna look something like this where somebody's gonna walk up to you that you've never met before. And they're gonna say, can I introduce myself to you? We've never met before, my name's Brian. Welcome to heaven. By the way, it's awesome here. You're gonna love it. And then they're gonna say, remember that Legacy Sunday in 2019 when you and your wife, you prayed for weeks about what you were gonna give, and then you stepped out in faith and you gave the largest gift that you've ever given at that point in your life. Remember when you did that? Well, part of that offering went to help plant a church in Pittsburgh And what you don't know is that I showed up on week seven of that church. And I was very skeptical and my heart was hard and I sat in the very back. But while I was there, I heard about Jesus. And I heard it in a way that didn't make me feel guilty, but it made me want to accept Him. And on that day, I gave my life to Jesus. And my life has never been the same. And I just wanna thank you because you played a part in that. And then that person will get out of the way and then there'll be somebody right there next. And I'll say, hey, we've never met before either, but do you remember that six month stretch when your finances were really tight, but you still were faithful to give your tithe to Queen City Church? And because you did that, somebody from your church showed up to a coffee shop that I was at And then randomly, out of nowhere, bought me coffee. And nobody's ever done that in my life. And then they gave me this card that just says, here's a small gift to brighten your day, no strings attached. And for them, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, but for me, it made such a difference in my life. In fact, I couldn't shake it for three weeks. I held on to that card. And I couldn't stop thinking about that moment because nobody had ever done that for me. And then I turned around on the back and it had this church information on it. And so I decided to go check it out. And when I showed up that week, you were there, but you went to the other service and we never got to meet. But on that day that I showed up, I gave my life to Jesus and I heard about the gospel. I heard about that God loved me so much that he gave his only son just for the chance to have a relationship with me. And as as awesome as it was to get this card to have a cup of coffee, I knew that that was more than what I could possibly ever receive. And so I made a decision to give my life to Jesus. But what you don't know is that day I brought my three kids and they started going to Queen City Kids. And they started hearing about Jesus on their level. And we started to see their lives change. And then the greatest miracle of all happened, my husband who has never stepped foot in church, after four months of begging him to come. And after he saw the change in my life and the change in our kids, he was like, I gotta go check this place out. And my husband came and his life was forever changed. I just wanna say thank you because you played a role in that. And then they'll walk off and somebody else will run up to you And they'll say, remember when your church responded after that big hurricane hit the Bahamas? And at that time you were faithfully giving. Do you know that your church gave money to help with people in the place that I called home? That my life was destroyed. But now I was helped, I was loved and taken care of And not only did that change my situation, not only did it give me hope, but it changed my life. Thank you for giving. And then person after person will fight to have a face-to-face conversation with you. And just thank you over and over again. Thank you so much. I know it wasn't always easy. I know it was a sacrifice. I know you didn't always have a lot but you still gave you still invested you were still faithful you were still generous you made this whole christianity thing not about you and thank you thank you it forever changed my life and i'm here now because of you thank you and that's why I believe with all my heart that Satan is scared to death of you getting this because he knows, get this, that your generosity can leave a legacy, that it can leave a legacy that leaves an eternal difference on this world, that you can make an eternal difference with this. God can take your generosity and use it so that people far from God can meet Jesus. Let me put it this way, heaven is getting bigger And hell is getting smaller by your generosity. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And you know, we do this every week. And so anytime you do something repetitively, it can kind of become routine. But I wanna encourage you, don't make this routine. Let this be fresh. Right here, right now, don't worry about who's around you and just pray and ask God right there in your seat, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me? Maybe ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? Let me be very clear that you experiencing that special moment in heaven where people come up to you and have those conversations, it won't happen because you buy in. It won't happen because of you giving money. That moment will happen only if you give your heart to God. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you're here and you don't have a real, growing, dynamic relationship with God. Maybe you're here and you just feel so far from God. We want to give you the opportunity, and we do this every week, every service, because we feel like it's the most important decision you'll ever make. And it's the decision to follow Jesus, to give Him your heart, to go all in, to start or maybe for some of you to restart. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. Today you can, you can leave different than when you came. But maybe you're here and you have in the past and now you don't. Here's the great thing. You're one decision away from that changing. You can restart your relationship with God today. And that He don't want your money, He wants your heart. And so right now, we wanna give you that opportunity. I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer where you receive that, where you receive grace. And I'm just gonna ask on the count of three that if that's your decision today, you need to come back to God, you need a fresh start. You need to start or restart your relationship with God. On the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand and we're just gonna pray this prayer together. It's just a act of faith to say, that's the decision I need to make today. If that's you on the count of three, one, two, three, put it up in the air and say, that's me today. I got you, I got you. Anybody else? I got you. It's great. Anybody else? Say, that's the decision I need to make today. That's great. It's great. It's great. Awesome. You can put your hands down. Maybe just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you so much. And what I recognize today is that I need you. I just don't want you in my life. I need you in my life. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you, whether it's been my whole life or whether it's been a chunk of my life. I'm sorry. I repent, I turn, I go in the different direction. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me, change me? Will you make me brand new? And just whisper this right there. Just say, I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life and I choose to follow you. For the rest of my life, I choose to follow you. And God, we pray this in the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. Can we clap our hands for those people that just made that decision? Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. We are so proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.